Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Good morning. My name's Yvette. I'm part of the team here. You're very, very welcome. It's lovely to look out on so many faces and see a full house. I understand that our children's rooms are full which is wonderful. Some of our staff team have joined them to add numbers. Uh, So the wonderful Stu is no longer smiling at me. He's out with your children, which is wonderful. And uh, they're in to talk about what we are going to talk about today, which is uh, following on our Beatitudes series. And we're looking at mercy today. But before I start, uh, why don't you get yourselves ready um, if someone wants to tell me how to use my mic, they can. I think I'm making funny noises, but feel free to give me instructions. Um, there's a Bible on your seats next to you if you want to get ready. If you look up Matthew chapter 5, um, verse 7, that's on page 673 of the Bible, the Black Bibles. Today we're looking at Beatitudes, as I said to you, but we are also uh, calling today Love Lagan Valley and the start of our Love Lagan Valley week. What does that mean? Well, today we are doing lots of practical things in our community, loving our community. Some of you started yesterday, some of you are doing evenings this week and next Saturday and continuing on, but we're doing a really big splash in our community today, getting out and doing lots of practical things together. If you've come to church and you didn't know that was happening, chill, it's okay. You're still very, very welcome. Um, And yes, if you want to, and you're really um, active like that, you can certainly join in. There are spaces for you after the service to join in with some painting or some gardening. Yes, we are still going out to do gardens, even though it's raining. That's a big question, but I think it is due to clear up a little bit. And sure... um, We'll still enjoy ourselves doing that. If you are visiting us today, um, it's probably a really good day to visit because you'll probably experience through our service and through some activities afterwards or just hanging around with us at the end through some tray bakes and some hot dogs that are available for you. what our community is about. You'll get a sense of our church family. You'll get a chance to talk to people. So I hope that you feel very, very welcome if you're visiting. Love, Love and Valley is about us getting out into the community. And we use two phrases, church on fire and valley alive. Um, But we are talking about mercy in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to unpack that before we do some practical things this morning. But let's start by praying, come Holy Spirit. Open up your word to us today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Father, be with us today as we unpack your word. May it come alive to us, not just as words on a page, but as activity in our lives and in our heart. Help us to understand that and to practice your ways. I wonder what mercy looks like and feels like for you. That's a good question to start with, isn't it? We're going to unpack that a little bit together. Let's start by looking at the page, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. 
It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. These beatitudes that we've been looking at are a little bit like the Christian manifesto of the kingdom of God. It tells us what to do. So in Matthew, we see that Jesus teaches us to pray. There's Jason and Michelle Scott. Welcome. Um, He teaches us how to pray, but he also then teaches us how to live our lives. So if you're new to Jesus, Matthew 5 is a good place to go. If you camped in there for a little while and wanted to learn how to be, uh, learn the ways of Jesus, how to be a Christian, this is a good place to be. So this is a good book for you to be reading. Right from the outset of Jesus's ministry, he lays it out on the line to follow Jesus demands a totally different way of life. So if you're new to Jesus, you may be discovering that. And if you're long to Jesus, you should be continually discovering that, that it's challenging. And God requires things of us that sometimes feel counteractive to what we would naturally do. The sermon shows what human life is like after repentance and after our commitment to Jesus, when we said yes to him with our whole lives and we want to live a different life. It's like a sharp contrast. We see in the Beatitudes this thing of constantly being drawn between the two standards of uh, Jesus's way and the world's way, but it also teaches us that those who mourn will be comforted. Let's have a look at those uh, Beatitudes together that we've already run through this week. I've actually lost my place, I'm just going to admit it. So just give me a moment. It's a very exciting day for me today and my mind is running fast over all the projects. I'm just trying to find my place in my notes. Yes, so Jesus tells us of eight aspects of character and conduct for the citizens of of his kingdom. They may not at first be wildly attractive to human ambition, but they sink deeply into the roots of joy. This is what we've learned about the Beatitudes so far. The poor in spirit are happy because they have learned to put their trust in God. Those who mourn are happy because they have seen the depths of the world's suffering. It has broken their heart and they're wide open to the comfort that God longs to give. The meek are happy or blessed in a way that the big-headed can never aspire to. And last week we looked at those who hunger and thirst for God and his righteousness are happy, not like those who are bloated by other things. And if we're passionate, If we have a passionate desire to be right with God and to stay that way, he's going to meet our desire. And this morning, we're looking at the beatitude of mercy. What is mercy? God tells us that we are blessed if we're merciful. When we look at this mercy uh, scripture in the beatitudes order, what struck me first was in the previous beatitudes, there was a contrasting. So for those who mourn, they will be comforted, for example. But in the mercy one, there's something different here. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. So isn't it interesting in this one, you're getting back what you give. Have a think about that for a moment, and we'll ask God's Spirit actually to speak to us about that as we unpack it this morning. What is mercy? 
Well, mercy is goodness offered to people who are in distress. It often includes compassion. Mercy is meeting people's needs. It's not simply feeling compassion, it's showing compassion. Not just sympathizing, but holding someone's hand and being with them, being present. Mercy is, is giving food to the hungry, comfort to the bereaved, love to someone who's been rejected, forgiveness to the offender, sitting with someone who's lonely, and genuinely being there. Today we hope as we go out, we'll be giving away mercy, acting in mercy, learning what that means. So not only are we unpacking it in scripture today, but as you go out, I'm hoping that the Father will actually speak to you about mercy. One of the activities that we're going to be doing in here after the service is we have a box of 300 birthday cards. And we're going to be writing personal birthday cards to 300 prisoners in our prisons here. And I think that's wonderful. But isn't writing birthday cards to prisoners, doesn't that feel like an expression of mercy? And we'll be doing that today and we're finding ways for you to unpack for yourselves and practice the meaning of mercy. Have you ever genuinely taken the time to practice mercy? Have a think about that. What did it feel like for you? Maybe that's a new concept. Today we're hoping to do that. Today you've signed up to a volunteer day and your mind and your hands are ready to get out in the rain on that gardening pack or with that paintbrush and you've come ready. Some of you have had arguments with your spouse over which power tool to put into the car today and you've got it all wrong. Well, don't worry. God is all about mercy and he wants to speak to us about the underpinning of our hearts today before we go out with those tools and with those things. We want to learn about mercy today together. The Bible teaches us that God is merciful. Paul called God the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. In Psalm 103, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. And in Titus, it says, God saved us not because we do good things, but because of his mercy. We are merciful because God is a God of mercy and he created us and designed us in our merciful Father's image. We have his DNA. What's really interesting when this was written, when it was written in its original time, it was written to the Roman community and mercy was seen as nothing to be aspired to. It was actually seen as, a, as an absolute weakness. Romans at that time held courage, justice, discipline, and above all, power as priority in their lives. Mercy to them was weakness, and it was never something they would have aspired to. And in comes Jesus into the Roman community and says to them, basically, you should all be weak. That's the way of my kingdom. It would have blown their minds. They would have had to have thought about standing on their heads and being a completely different type of person. They would have fought with that idea. 
they would have thought, well, how can we run our country if we're merciful? How can we uh, run our families? How can we go to work? How can we fight as soldiers? How can we be the men that we're supposed to be when you're telling us to be weak? But mercy is, in fact, a virtue. It is the character and the trait of God. And Jesus begins to teach them about God's nature and how they can become like God in their everyday lives. I don't think that's unusual to us because if we're really honest and we really think about mercy, I think for many of us, we've thought mercy is weakness too, haven't we? And so there is a little bit of work for us to do in our inner self when we think about mercy or when we actually genuinely go to practice it. Will we take the time? Will we humble ourselves? Will we genuinely understand? We need to give time to really think about that and ask God's Spirit to teach it to us and then learn to practice it. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people, followers of Jesus, we see that showing mercy is helping those caught in desperate circumstances. And Israel, the nation of Israel, had a good example of this. They were commanded to take foreigners into their home and into their community. Why? Because God reminded them that they had been foreigners in another land, and because of that, they should act mercifully to foreigners coming into their land. They were also taught not to harvest all of the crops around the edges. They were to leave those crops on the edges for the poor to take. They were also called to care for the widow and the orphan and the oppressed. In James 1, it says, Real, pure religion before God your Father is this, to care for the orphans and the widows in their misfortune and to keep yourselves pure. And so the early church focused on caring for those in desperate circumstances. When they sent the church out, they used to always say, go out and do this and remember the poor. Go out and remember the poor. It was like a baseline for them. They always remembered them. And as we as a church are, are constantly learning, and it's part of my job as well, to, to just always say to ourselves as we're going out the door, remember the poor. Jesus is a perfect example of mercy in a person. If you want to understand mercy, look at the nature and character of Jesus in his life. His life was mostly given to those who were hated or who were pushed to the side. Look how he healed the sick. Look how he fed the poor. When we were worshipping there, I um, imagined us doing this, so I'm going to do that if it's okay. But I just felt that uh, uh, Jesus wanted to heal some people in the room this morning, so we're not going to get out of our seats or anything, but just quietly where you are. Um, if you need healing, um, respond in some way. Maybe put your hands on your lap or on your heart, and I'm just going to ask God to come and heal. Because I believe when we talk about God's mercy and his healing, he's here. And one of the best things we can do is give him space to heal and to bring his mercy.
Um, also like to just encourage you, if you're feeling anxious this morning, afraid or quite fearful, and that's got a little bit of tension in your body and in your mind, I'm just going to ask God to bring peace and to bring you comfort. So let's close our eyes for a moment. Lord Jesus, we speak two things. Come, Jesus, and heal our bodies. Come, Jesus, and speak your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to keep an eye on that if you receive that today. And do let us know if God uh, healed you. And because I do believe that he would like to do that today and he's here. In Luke 4, Jesus uh, said this. He read out in the temple these words. He read out Isaiah 61 about himself and his ministry. Jesus read, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and sight to the blind, to set the free and oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Acts 2, the early church sold all they had and gave it to the poor who were with them. And so we as followers of Jesus should feel and be deeply passionate about this merciful way of life. We must care for the poor, the sick, the struggling. We are the merciful church. This is our ethos, our repeated rhythm of daily life. Do you know, merciful people gently but strongly speak freedom to each other. That's one act of mercy. Sometimes um, when we go into homes or into rooms, I try to practice God's God's mercy. I'll tell you a story. We were, um, I was in a home where there had been a sudden loss and um, the family were quite distressed and um, I felt distressed because they were distressed and yet I knew God was there but I was fearful and um, it's not an easy atmosphere to be in at all. It was early days as church for us our Andy, our senior pastor, was away in Canada, and um, the family was was weeping quite a lot. So there was quite a bit of commotion in the room. And I just said to the eldest person in the family, "May I pray out loud uh, with you?" Uh, and she said yes. And I just prayed, "Come, Jesus." And that's all I prayed because I was finding it hard, but I. I knew within my being that the only thing we needed in that point was for Jesus to come. So I prayed, come Jesus. And the sense of God's peace immediately coming into the room was almost overwhelming. And yet not for the room. I'm not even sure they were calculating what had happened. But the room went quiet and the peace of God just came. And it was the most beautiful sense of God's mercy and his presence. And when we speak with authority and we know who we are and we speak God's peace into a room, he comes. But two words, come Jesus. 
We sang that today. I want to speak the name of Jesus over all fear and anxiety. Of every life held captive by depression, we speak Jesus. And in our family prayer, we pray for God to use us so that others may experience his love. One of the most wonderful things we can do is walk into a room where there is fear or anxiety, maybe poverty that's been going on for a long time and people feel that they have no hope. And it's okay and very mercifully to say, you know, Jesus has a solution for an end to this. We will journey with you in the practical solutions. But also, if you invite Jesus into your life and you ask him to be king of you and you say yes to him, he brings you peace, he brings you life, and he brings you joy. And because of his death on the cross, you get to have freedom. And a merciful person learns to operate in that way and to share that because they have experienced it for themselves. And helping each other grow in holiness and understanding God's mercy together by reminding each other of who he is and what he's done for us. Those are acts of mercy with each other. Why? Because we have been shown mercy by our Father God. So ultimately, the essence of mercy is to remember who we are to really remember who we are, to be grateful for God's mercy in our lives. And if you get that, you can give mercy away. And so we begin to see this teaching of Jesus, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. We begin to understand why that's a comeback. But you can see how that works when we talk about it like this together. Do you know, often we, instead of going to mercy, we will often remember more likely our brains and our bodies and our emotions will go to remember how someone has wronged us, won't we? Isn't that like more natural than going to mercy? We will think about how someone has failed us, how a situation or a person has failed us. And when we do that, we forget about mercy. We forget to practice it. But when we remember that we have failed God and that we have failed others, we begin to sense and feel and act in mercy towards others. So it's about knowing who we are. Sometimes even in our culture, we will condemn others. We'll knock them down so that it makes us feel better about ourselves. Even in work, sometimes we think someone's too big for their boots And we'll try and bring them down a peg or two so that it makes us look good. We might do that at school or even in our family sometimes. And sometimes we feel like we can do that because that person has hurt us. But in doing so, that's like the opposite of mercy. That's what the opposite of mercy looks like and feels like if you're looking for an example. So mercy comes by being with people. Sitting with them, journeying, understanding, and seeing them. Earlier, we talked about our mission trips going out, and we talked about a tray bake sale today. Um, My daughter Hannah's going to Moldova with the Exodus team and their team, 
and the Spanish team are going to be serving you some hot dogs afterwards. So it's lovely to have our mission teams serving. The Ibiza and the Israel team are running the tray bakes and they've got the quiz on Saturday, which I hope you all enjoy. But when people go on a mission trip, don't you sometimes find when they come back, they're radically changed? Have you noticed that? Why is that? Well, when people choose to go out on a mission trip, they're going with the intention of helping. They've asked for a week off work. They've given that time. They've prepared their heart and they've gone with no other agenda but to give that week to bless other people, to serve, to see people in need, often going into poor situations and difficult situations. And they've intentionally are going to act lovingly and kindly. And in that moment, they learn about mercy and they see God's mercy in their lives. And they are radically changed because they've deliberately chosen that action, that that path, and God comes in and changes them in that moment. What if we lived our lives as a mission trip, intentionally asking God to speak to us, but we go with the intention of loving and acting and being kind and seeing what God would have us do with the poor um, and the, the broken and allowing God to change us. To grow in mercy, we must learn to love others. Micah 6 says, what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Let's read that again. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the command to action and to our hearts and our minds. And one of the catalysts for mercy is gratitude. So that's mercy, that's the Beatitudes, and that's our understanding of how blessed are the merciful, joyful are the merciful, because they will receive mercy based on the design of their Father God who's created us to be merciful people. Understanding God's forgiveness in our lives, Jesus' death on the cross, and his forgiveness for us changes everything for when we approach others And in turn, our lives are blessed. Let me pray for us because we're going to not only ask God's spirit to speak to us about this, but we're going to go out together and be active in it today. We're going to change up to an active pace now. So let me pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come and fill us afresh by your spirit. And teach us your ways. And as we go today, this week, and for our lives, would you teach us your ways? We thank you for your mercy for us. Teach us to be merciful for others. 
And thank you that it is an ongoing learning process. And Father, thank you that we get to do that in community because actually when we think about mercy, it's best and only worked out with other people and in your presence. So we welcome you as we go out today. Come, Father God. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to explain some practical things to you now, um, just before we go out together. Um, For those of you who are thinking, well, I haven't signed up to a project today, but I would still like to be generous. Um, This has inspired you in some way, and you would like to give out to community. I'm going to give you a couple of easy options if you're not joining in today. We will probably maybe be painting a fence on Tuesday night. I'm going to put that on the website this afternoon. It's not on there yet. Um, That just came up today. Um, Next Sunday, um, we may be helping Julie Hoey at her shop in town. She's opening a shop up, and we're going to maybe clear up the outside space on that. Um, But one of the ways that you can give is by next Sunday... If you'd like to bring an item of food for the food bank, I'm going to put up a list of food bank items on the screen for you now to see. And you can bring some of these items to church next week. And then we're going to give those to the food bank. Um, And one of the things you can do is you bring one or two items. But also one of the things that I like to do is I like to go to a shop and buy a tray of items and bring those in as well. So it's entirely up to you how much you bring. When you bring them next Sunday, if you bring a tray, maybe bring it up to the front. One-off items, there's going to be a food bank sign and box in the foyer just as you come in. And we'll bless our local food bank uh, with those items. Um, Let me see, make sure I've not missed anything. So, practical things going out today. If you're on a team, we have about six teams going out this morning. Three large teams, so I'll explain those first. We're going to put up on the screen now what you're going to do, and this will help you. So don't worry, we'll explain it all to you, and you'll feel very uh, clear what you need to do. In the venue next door, which we're calling our new space, you go out the way you came in, and you turn left, and you'll go into this space right behind this wall. We've got some tables set up, and they've got numbers on them, and your teams are going to go to these tables. So remember your table number when I read them out now. So if you're going to the Simon community, which is our local Simon community refuge, helping people transition from homelessness to a home, we're going to be in their garden, and we're going to be putting a barbecue on for them, um, in the rain, yeah, and uh, building bird boxes, we'll be gardening with them and barking all the area under their trees and encouraging the residents to come out and do all of that with us as an activity day for them. Um, If you're on that team, you're going to go to table four. All your equipment is there for you, but also there is lots of gear that I've already delivered over at the Simon community for you as well. Then we've got uh, table five. Table five is for 20 people, um, so it's going to be a big table, and you're going to Kelly's allotment. And all the instructions are there. Kelly's already over at the allotment waiting for you. And uh, your team um, leaders there at your table who are going to greet you and just do a little bit of a brief with you at the table because you're a big team are Dave and Chrissy. So they're going to meet you at the table. And then table six. 
If you're going to Max, which is a charity for young people, again, helping them transition from homelessness to a home or supporting them in supported living while they're young in their first home, that is a brilliant charity. It's on Longstone Street in Lisbon. And the team going to Max is going to Table 6. And there are some paintbrushes, but all the paint and equipment is over at Max for you and the staff are ready for you to arrive. And on that table there... Colin is going to greet you and run you through some team brief um, information. There is also a couple going to a home with a vegetable patch bed. Just grab me and I'll show you where that is. And there are some of you who are going to stay here in our venue. And if you haven't signed up to anything, you're very welcome to stay in our venue because there'll be plenty to do. We're going to build some wooden flower beds here. We're going to build some bird boxes. These are all expressions of home and um, health for people. We're also going to have an activity for children, uh, exploring through Lego and through making some bug houses with greenery, uh, the concept of home. And we're encouraging you as parents to talk to them about home, what home means to them through drawing and colouring in. And if you wish to look and explore about justice and the issue of homeless with your children. So have a look at that. And we'll have some other activities in here like writing birthday cards for prisoners. And you're very welcome to stay. Now... I say this with a bit of fun, but it's actually something I have to do for the insurance policy. When you get to your sites, stay safe, but it is everybody's responsibility, this is the insurance tag, is everybody's responsibility to keep themselves safe rather than your team leader. So when you get to a site, if you see anything that's a bit risky, a bit dangerous, or you know, well, we shouldn't be working around that, stop because we shouldn't be working around that. <laughs> and it is dangerous, and you're absolutely right, and you have to do something about that. So don't think that between the time that I visited the site to check it's safe, and you going today, that something might have moved or changed. It might have. So please be really proactive with your safety, with trips, slips, and hazards. And please be proactive. Go and say to somebody on the team, we need to make this area safe, we need to change this thing, what are we going to do to find the solution? That's everybody's responsibility. And if you see it, you're not being a fuddy-duddy, you're absolutely right, we have to keep our teams safe. So please do do that together. If something's missing, or you're unsure about something, chat about it as a team. It's likely that the conclusion that you come to when you're on site is maybe better than mine when you phone me. So I trust you all. Make a, a, a best judgment and just have a really good day together, enjoying that together. If there's an emergency, phone 999. Don't phone Yvette. <laughs> if you need the police, phone 101. I'm no good at fighting baddies. So um, those are the, just like those common sense things that we've learned over the year that are worth saying, saying out loud. Otherwise, just have loads of fun together. Enjoy yourself, stay safe. And you know what? Today is probably going to be your best experience of community uh, in our church family. You will meet people. You'll have conversations. You'll be showing mercy to the people that you're working with, the staff or the homes that you're in. It's perfectly okay to stop, put tools down, and sit with somebody and chat to them. That's what mercy is. 
We can always come back and paint the fence later. Don't give up on the whole project, guys, but one or two people show some mercy and the rest of you do some hard work. What we're going to do now, this is the important bit, there is hot dogs, but if you're in a team, walk past the hot dogs just for a moment, leave the hot dogs, go into the venue, get your team brief, get the address where you're going to, get all the information, and then come back for your hot dogs and enjoy them. Okay, bless our missions teams, be kind to them, say encouraging things to them. And uh, do you know what I want to do before we go? Let's stand. And I'm going to get us to pray our family liturgy again as an act of prayer together as we go out together. So I'm going to pray the part that says leader, and you're going to pray the part that says all. And doesn't it feel wonderful to be praying this prayer? and then going out immediately and doing it. So let's pray it with all its life and fullness out loud together. Father, you are love, and we are your beloved. Thank you that we find home in your grace. Thank you that we find family in each other. Jesus, you're the boss of our lives. Lead us to see what you see, to say what you say, and do what you do every day. Spirit, You are with us, and wherever you are, there is freedom. Help us to give our lives away to others, so they may encounter your love. And as one we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, and may your will be done across the Lagan Valley and the world as it is in heaven. Amen. Go and get your children, go to your teams, have some hot dogs and have a wonderful day. Bless you.